You know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. We have all survived yet another week, and here we are, those weekend golf guys. John Ashton in studio. Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave at Otter Creek and Dreper producer Mark Hunter on the controls. And for once, we don't have any room to complain about the heat. We're in the South, heat and humidity. And everyone says, well, yeah, in the Southwest, it's a dry heat, but it's too hot in Arizona for planes to fly. So I would imagine it's probably too hot in Arizona for golf balls to fly, too. Wouldn't you say, Mr. Jeff? I would think so. Man, that sounds bad. If you can't even get a plane in the air. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, there's not enough lift to keep keep the thing up. And wow. I'm I'm glad they knew that before they tried. Yeah. If yeah. if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Big tin things flying up, <laughs> falling out of the sky. We've got uh, another excellent PGA professional golf instructor who's also a broadcaster in his own right. I'm uh, going to be joining us a little later in the show, Bernard Sheridan with the Breaking Par podcast where he interviews golf instructors. He picks their brains a little bit. See, before I realized that he, too, was a PGA golf instructor, I thought maybe he did that for the same reason we did this, to scam free lessons. He, he didn't. He, uh, he gives them. <laughs> he gives them. He gives them. He gives them. <laughs> I mean, he's had, he's had some of the, the best golf instructors in the world on his show, David Ledbetter, yeah. Jeff Smith. After those two, you don't need any more, do you? A couple of guys that I know that have been on this show that are good friends of mine. Yeah. Um, James Hong's been on the show. Okay. Friend friend of the show. Yeah. Uh, John Dunnigan, also been on the uh, show. Friend friend of the show. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Kirk Oguri, friend mm. of the show, uh, also been on Bernie's show. He knows what to do. We're like hanging with the same uh, the same upper echelon of the golf instructors. That's because you know me. That's, I, I know. Uh, we know Jeff, and we've used that at times. We know Jeff Smith. And Still he did not get a bucket of chicken out of that deal either. No, we didn't. He didn't get any doors open for us. But people go, hey, congratulations. I'm happy for you. <laughs> well, you know, you know, it's, it's all a matter of where you use it. It's the donut shops that will get you. <laughs> That's it right there. Yeah, we use our favorite policeman to get into the donut <laughs> shops. Let's, let's revisit the uh, U.S. Open a little bit. Sure. First off, and again, we have got to send kudos to homeboy Justin Thomas. Um, he had a bad Sunday. I was sad to see that, but he's young, and I would like to think that it was probably the pressure that got to him. Sure, with such a great Saturday. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, it was everybody like everybody was talking about it. And it's golf like, oh, yeah, is one of those sure. when you have a four-day tournament. Golf is definitely a "what have you done for me lately" thing. Yeah, like just two seconds ago. Yeah, I mean, Saturday's <laughs> round, you you broke records. Sunday, you're out there and you got to do it all over again. That scorecard is empty or blank, whatever the proper expression would be. And you've got to uh, got to put the same good numbers up there or you're sunk. Yeah, you really it's it's a day-to-day performance issue yeah. all the time. Every single day, you've got to go out there and get it done. And who doesn't have bad days? Uh, only people who don't play. Yeah. I mean even in They're the in, only ones. Even in a regular job. Sure. I mean, everybody, and whatever it is you do for a living, you're going to have a bad day. Sure. You're going to have a day where you say, I should have stood in bed. And, uh, you know, golfers have those too, and as long as it's not a Saturday or a Sunday, they're cool. Alas, too many times it does happen on a Saturday or Sunday because of the outside pressure. I don't think any of us understand pressure. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about this with Bernie too because you and Bernie both understand where that's coming from because you deal with, with tournament players in all levels. From, from juniors to collegiates to, to pros. But 
you know, we get we get nervous sitting over a putt that we just know people are going to laugh at us if we miss. I mean, when you're sitting over a putt that's going to cost you six, seven, eight figures, that gets to be a little bit more pressure than I think any of us have ever faced on a golf course. Oh, I agree. I, I think that, you know, so many golfers don't have a, a really good perspective on on the pressure that these guys are really are really under. And, you know, most of us couldn't even draw it back in those situations. First, you, you, you have a situation where you're on national television, worldwide television, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And most people couldn't even get in that situation and hold a club in their hand and begin to make a swing. Not to mention all the people that are there right in front of you. Yeah. I have played in, a, I've played in golf tournaments that have ropes and people on the other side of ropes. And I can clearly tell you that the very first one of those that I had, I was scared out of my mind I was going to kill someone. <laughs> I can imagine. There was about uh, my first tee shot, but there was a guy leaning in across the ropes about 30 to 35 yards left of the tee box, down the tee box line a little bit, had a bright red shirt on, had a hat, and he had glasses on. You tell me why I know that. Because <laughs> you were staring at him through the entire <laughs> Absolutely. Setup. That's the guy that I was convinced I was going to kill. <laughs> so yeah. I can tell you, vision of that guy is burned into my mind. Yeah. And that's the guy that I thought for sure, because his head was leaning in. You know, he was trying to look and see what was going on. Right, right. I thought that's the guy I was going to kill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my ball went high right first one because I was not going to kill that guy. That's right. That was my whole thought is don't kill that guy, don't kill that guy, don't kill it. That's all I could think about. It was some unsuspecting dude on the right-hand side. <laughs> no, no. I got it up over those people real fast. Uh, okay. But that was the thing is yeah. that is that people don't have the, the perspective. Yeah. Oh, no. That they don't know. It's no. The second you put ropes out there and other people on the other side of them, wow, yeah. that is a whole different animal. Well, just think of how you, you felt the last time you were sitting on the first tee and you knew that there were people on the veranda at the clubhouse who were watching you. I mean, that gets to me. That gets to most of us. Um, I'm not talking you, Jeff. I'm talking you yeah, listening to speaking. us right now because you, yeah. you know how disconcerting that can be. Uh, playing in a group with strangers can be disconcerting too. Pressure, how to handle it. Uh, swing speed, how to improve it, and just some teacher talk. It's all coming up. Hang out with us. We are those weekend golf guys. Going to take a quick break and be right back. Every other week, we send you great tidbits, including a weekend tune-up from Jeff Smith. Every other week, we send it to you if you ask us to. Thoseweekendgolfguys.com slash newsletter. Go and subscribe right now. Absolutely free. It's us, those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton, right here in the studio. Intrepid producer Mark Hunter is the other side of the glass, making faces. And of course, Jeff Smith up at the uh, golf cave at Otter Creek. Jeff, you have been um, following some junior golfers around, doing yeah. doing your rules guy thing and the official mm-hmm. starter thing and the coach thing and the daddy thing. Mm-hmm. We mentioned, um, and we'll be talking uh, a little bit more about this later on in the program when uh, when we get Bernie on. Uh, Bernard Sheridan from the uh, Breaking Par podcast, who is a golf instructor in his own right, and uh, in, yeah, he's out of Naples, Florida, at Tiburon. Yeah, nice, nice place. Nice, it just sounds nice. Mm-hmm. I've never been there, but it just sounds like you know swanky. Yeah, he works with uh, with Bobby Clampett at uh, the Impact Zone Golf School. 
Oh, mm. fantastic. Yeah. Now, uh-huh. at the PGA show two years ago, we had Bobby. In fact, if you were to go to my personal Facebook page, the uh, the picture up there is uh, me and Bobby Clampett on the radio show together. Yep. Along with Lisa Longbow or whatever. Uh, the yep, Lisa Cana- Longbow of Loosewick or something. Yeah, yeah, the uh, Canadian female long drive champion. But, uh, yeah, and he invited us down. He yeah. said, come on down. I'll give you a lesson. I was like, yeah, buddy. Mm-hmm. Actually, what I said was, don't need you, sir. I have Jeff Smith. <laughs> you wish you would have said that. <laughs> <laughs> In retrospect, I probably should have. Um, but, you know, one of the things that we, you know, Justin Thomas, who's, you know, local guy, uh, went to high school here. His dad's a, a PGA pro here, a club pro in, in Louisville, and had a great Saturday at the U.S. Open. Sunday kind of fell apart. And a lot of people, I heard a lot of people bad-mouthing him. But, man, the pressure that those guys are under is so much more than what we're under. I don't care how you would teach one of those guys to handle pressure. Um, we get nervous over a six-foot putt just because we know people are going to laugh at us if we miss it, not because we're going to lose a million dollars if we miss it. How do you handle that pressure, and how do you teach your juniors to handle that pressure of competition when they get in there? Well, one of the first things I do, because that's a big part of, of teaching people you know, when I find out if they want to become tournament players or not, right? That's the first avenue we go down. That's different than here's how to hit a ball better. Here's how to putt better. Here's how to short game it better. We start heading down the road of how do you handle yourself, and we start with some perspective. Why are you playing? Are you playing for fun or are you playing for sport? Mm-hmm. And if you're playing for sport, you're into the competition, and you're a competitive person, and you have certain goals. So what we do is we make sure that a couple things, that the goals are in line with the practice and that the practice is in line with the goals, meaning that if you have high goals and you have a little bit of practice, but that's all you can practice, we lower the goals. Okay. So that way you don't have unrealistic expectations. That's the first part of pressure is expecting something that you did not prepare for. You know, and try to play for something that you're not preparing yourself for because you're, you're underprepared physically and mentally for what that is. Mm-hmm. And then what we do is we start to work on how to handle the pressure is to not create pressure of the event that you don't create in practice. Because so many people, John, they, they practice and it's a lackadaisical mindset. Maybe they got their headphones in. You know, they, they've got two completely separate worlds that they're supposed to be in, you know, in the practicing, oh, yeah, we're going to do some of this, we're going to do some of that, we're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. But they're not putting any pressure on themselves in practice to demand the great shot, to demand that they pull it off right now, to put themselves in the situation where they do in the, ga- in the tournament. We have to recreate those scenarios in practice to put more pressure on the practice so that the tournament itself does not seem overwhelming. For example, imagine yourself as a student and you blew off all your homework and you blew off all the little quizzes and then all of a sudden here's the end of the semester and the heavily weighted final is upon you. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden there's major league pressure yeah. that you've, you've got to get a, an A on the final because it effectively is your entire grade. And then you go to what that grade really means to you and it's quickly, it goes to your GPA, but what does your GPA mean? Does it mean that you get to go on in that class? Uh, does it mean that you have to retake the class 
to get a better grade? Mm-hmm. Does it mean that um, you don't graduate from college? Does it mean that you don't get a good job because of this grade because you screwed around so much? You know, there, there's so many things that happen as a result of your actions. And it's the same way in golf. For a lot of these kids that are playing tournament golf as teenagers, they have the same thoughts about the outcome of the event, the outcome of the score. You know, the outcome of the event or the score could be um, a college coach is watching me, and if I play poorly, he's going to scratch my name off the list in their head. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, those kind of things go through the players' minds. So what I do with them a lot of times is I give them a really good pre-shot routine so that they make the same motions in the same time frame every day on every shot. So that way it becomes calming. And so they, they get into a routine and then they're calm when they're on the golf course. And then we reduce the importance of the tournament that they play in and increase the importance on the practice. So we're trying to level things off. Gotcha. So that way you don't have the proverbial uh, quiz that you didn't pay attention to and then you're faced with the weighted final at the end of the semester. Yeah. That's what we're trying to, to do. We're trying to balance that out. But a pre-shot routine is so helpful for people to get physically prepared to hit the shot and also emotionally and mentally prepared to hit the shot. Let's delve a little bit deeper into that uh, pre-shot routine thing when we come back. I do want to point out, however, that I know exactly what you're talking about because I I did that. I blew off um, uh, medieval, not medieval, uh, history of the Middle Ages in college. Didn't even go to class until the final, and and I aced it. Uh, We uh, are those weekend golf guys, and we're going to take a quick break. And now I've made that admonition, the professor will probably go back and change my grades. We will be right back. Please hang out with us. Don't go away. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-769-0546 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-769-0546. Again, that's 800-769-0546. Hey, it's Jeff Smith for those weekend golf guys. Talk to you a little bit about the Smart Ball Golf Low Point Trainer. I've had this thing now for a couple of months, and I'm telling you, this trainer has helped me help more students get the bottom of their swing arc out in front of the golf ball and hit better golf shots than almost anything I've ever used. What a fantastic thing. It's a great price. It's easy for every single player to use. Smart Ball Golf Low Point Trainer. Go get one today. Play the courses the champions play. The Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses at French Lick Resort. The 2017 NCGOA National Course of the Year. Our Pete Dye course hosts the first ever Senior LPGA Championship presented by Old National Bank this July. French Lick's Donald Ross course is looking good as it turns 100 this summer and hosts the Donald Ross Centennial Classic Symmetra Tour event. 
Book your golf vacation now at FrenchLick.com. Back, John Ashton in studio, Jeff Smith, the golf cave at Otter Creek, and Trevor producer Mark Hunter. He says we call us those weekend golf guys. <laughs> and Mark's right. Uh, check us out, thoseweekendgolfguys.com. Check us out on Facebook. Like us there, please. Facebook.com slash golf guys. On Twitter, we are at WKND Golf Guys. And anytime you miss one of these shows, you can always find the archived version at audioboom.com. We are there everywhere, every day. Listen to us. At your own pace. I had a couple of people that listened to it on Audio Boom and sent me a message mm-hmm. and started sending me some swing videos. And, you know, it's really good. They used to send them to me through the Facebook page, and now they're just mm-hmm. kind of getting a hold of me and sending it. Cool. And it's fun because there's people out there listening to our stuff. Yep. And uh, they're pretty pleased with what's going on. And I've had two people send me emails that said, I listened to your show, and your, your instruction on the show has helped my game. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of fun. I'm a case in point, man, because we have been together vis-a-vis a golf lesson, what, twice? And have played golf yeah. once? And my game has gotten substantially better. And it's just listening to you here. I know for a fact that listening to you talk about a better game works. And then there's Mr. Fairway sitting in the other room making faces at you, by the way. <laughs> Who doesn't need no stinking lessons? <laughs> Not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is boring, man. That's, that's every, even people who don't know him. After about the fourth hole, and he's hit it again straight down the middle of the fairway off the tee, they go, Shh. you know, is any variation, or is this game going to be boring like this the whole 18? <laughs> oh, to be Marching. so boring. Yeah, Mark's not into entertainment golf. No, he's not. <laughs> Pre-shot routine. You're talking about it in the last segment. Yeah, about love them. How important it can be to uh, to allay pressure and fear yeah. is. You just kind of like get everything. It's it's almost like chanting "Om." Clear your mind. Yeah, in a way that that's true. Um, it is a way that many really good players can block out everything else by going through a very set routine that they do and it gets them into that nice quiet place in their mind that they've done this so many times that they're comfortable and calm and confident and that's the point of having a pre-shot routine is to get you mentally and emotionally ready for this golf shot blocking out all the other things Mm -hmm. as well as physically preparing you Mm -hmm. yeah to, to hit the shot. Yeah, so I'm going. And, and one of the things that I like to, to talk to my students about is the knowledge of how much time it takes. Because there are kind of, let's say that there are different kind of wavelengths that we work on. Patterns of time, so to speak. Frequency. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know you're familiar with that because you're a radio guy and That's you right. work on frequency here. We're talking um, kilohertz or megahertz, <laughs> man. But so we're looking at these things. And you see people and how they work. And I time their, their, uh, their routines. And I, I got a lot of people that start their routine with certain things. Uh, and then they start pulling the trigger. And I kind of time in between. Many people are at 15 seconds, 18 seconds, 21 seconds, or 24 seconds. Between set, set up routine and actually hitting the ball? Yeah. Between the beginning of the routine and actually the, the, the take it back to strike it thing. And, and I find that many people 
are on a three-second wavelength. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are also on a four-second wavelength. I haven't seen anybody yet that's on a five-second wavelength that's any good. Okay. The majority of them are a three-second personality or a four-second personality. And I say personality, meaning that the beginning of their signature of their pre-shot routine is in is in uh, in four-second incre- increments or in three-second increments. Okay. And so what I do is I time the people. And when I see when they pull it back, I'm kind of predicting whether it's going to be a good shot or a bad shot. And a lot of times, the people who are very good at keeping the time of their, their, uh, their pre-shot routine to within that frequency, like at every three-second three frequency, mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing how many people, when they're in their frequency, hit a very good shot. Really? And when they get out of it, they hit a poor shot. Huh. Yeah, it's unbelievable to me how that is. What do you do with the and person I, who, who starts a pre-shot routine with practice swings and takes about 11 of them? <laughs> uh, we get them down to two Yeah, real quick. Um, the first thing I like to tell them is that I think they're wasting energy Yeah, and they might not be able to hit the ball as far. And that's the fastest way I've changed people yeah. off of that. Yeah, that's true. And also in the last thing. Think about how many, how many times can a guy stand over a shot and make 11 practice swings. How many swings is that? That's 44 if you struck four balls on a hole. That's 44 swings. Yeah. In just in practice swings. Now add f- four more, that's 48 swings, and the hole's over, and you're on hole number one. And you've just made 48 golf swings. Yeah. And I tell excessive. people, hey, look, that's, it's bad for you, it's excessive, but the truth is, is that you're robbing yourself of power. Because... How much energy have you expended already? Right. And it makes sense to a lot of people, and they go, I'll stop now. <laughs> <laughs> and they actually do, because when yeah. you tell people about things that are rational and that reasonable that could make them lose power, they will quit <laughs> doing and, that right away. Another thing, too, that, that I wanted to amplify, something you had said about um, practice routine. You'd imagine mm-hmm. me talking about practice routine. Yeah, right. But, but the difference to the way most of us practice that do practice is this, for example, say we're practicing chipping. So we go to the chipping green and we lay out 10 or 11, 12 balls maybe and chip them and see how close we could get to a particular hole. But if you were practicing with an eye toward competition, I would imagine that you'd put, you know, 10 balls down and chip all 10 of them until all 10 of them actually went exactly where you wanted them to go. Right. Not to see how far or how close you could get. Right. I have this, um, I have this, this sentence that works in a lot, of, a lot of players' minds when they're training. Is that good players practice until they get it right. But great players practice until they can't get it wrong. Mm. And it builds Mark, write confidence. that down. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Yeah. I like that. I think we'll embroider that on our hats yeah. next time. It, I, I tell them that all the time because, right, and I try not to let them putt and chip right before they go out at a hole unless to get close or go in. Really? Okay. Because they don't want to see the failure of it being too far away Yeah. from the hole or missing. Yeah, you don't want to see that right before you go out, do you? No. How many five-foot putts do you stroke uh, and make? Right before you go out. 
Um, That's the trouble. Yeah. You might stroke a bunch. Yeah. But they all won't go in. Yeah. So now all of a sudden you're you're breeding doubt. Yeah, usually what so I do I'll is stroke a bunch of two footers because they all go in. Yeah. Well, when when I try a five footer, when it goes in, I stop. <laughs> it's like I don't want to waste any more of these on the practice screen. <laughs> <laughs> so you haven't done anything to really build confidence. Well, I've lied to myself, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. You, we are going yeah, to. Yeah, but we, you all know that that's a lie, too. Yeah, yeah. we, we yeah, have. I know it, you know it, and Mark sure knows it. He's <laughs> cackling. He's like, ah, he's doing it again. I got him on the third hole, is when I'm going to bet him. <laughs> we are going to be talking with another uh, par excellence PGA professional golf instructor from the Breaking Par podcast, Bernard Sheridan. Uh, he will be our special guest when we return. We are on this weekend golf cast. Don't you move. I am not bragging when I tell you my iron play has improved substantially because I'm going to give total credit to Jeff Smith and the Smart Ball Golf Low Point Swing Trainer. That thing's awesome. When you hit the ball the right way at the right time, you get the right result. Great feedback with the trainer, too. I'm telling you, I use this Smart Ball Golf Low Point Swing Trainer with so many people now. It gives them the visual and the feedback of what they need to do and where their club needs to land, it amazes me at how quickly people get better with their iron play. Because once you get that feedback, you get the feel. And you don't need that feedback directly once you have the feel to do it right on the course. And what happens is you're going to get more greens, closer to the pin, lower scores, and when you do it right, you don't need forgiving clubs. No, you can hit blades. Smart Ball Golf, low point swing trainer, smartballgolf.com. Go now. Smartballgolf.com. Welcome back. It is us, those weekend golf guys. Of course, John Ashton in studio and Trevor producer Mark Hunter on the controls at the uh, Golf Cave at Otter Creek would be one Mr. Jeff Smith. And yep. joining us on the phone also, Mr. Bernard Sheridan from down in Florida. Glad to be here, guys. Hey, yeah. thanks for coming on, Bernie. It's he's a fellow broadcaster. So, you know, he's gonna add a little like professionalism to the uh, uh, No, no, no. He's a fellow <laughs> PGA teaching professional who just happens to be a broadcaster as well. Don't put the broadcaster part in front of the golf pro part. It doesn't work. I thought it worked quite well. But oh, you're a, a radio guy. What do you know? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Go eat your wings, Jeff. We'll, we'll, we'll call you when we need you, all right? <laughs> Bernie's, gonna, Bernie's just going to take over the show. <laughs> He's going to bring a little bit of common sense to the radio waves. I don't, I don't know if our listeners could handle it or not. But the, right. the, the crux of, of your show, Bernie, which is called Breaking Par, if I'm not mistaken, uh, basically, yes, you you bring some of the the best golf instructors in the world, and just talk about golf teacher stuff, don't you? Uh, well, you know, we we talk about that's true. I mean, we we talk a lot about their journey and mm-hmm. um, and you know what they've done in the game, and, and so people can get to know them a little bit better, and and uh, and then maybe you know actually want to go take some lessons from them. And, <laughs> uh, we did have Jeff on the show, so I don't know whether that helped him or not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you helped him. He sure as heck didn't help you. We know that much. <laughs> so, did you learn any like super secret things? Did Jeff, you know, come come out with any "Hey, don't tell anybody this" but stuff when he was on your show? <laughs> no. Uh, not really. Uh, uh, no, we tried. We to, he tried to reveal there. all. He, he's pretty much an open book. Yeah, he is. <laughs> we 
covered we covered a couple things off the air. Bernie, don't tell John this <laughs> or that. <laughs> hey, Bernie, when you're because you're you know experienced golf instructor in your own right, do you find that there's some guys you talk to and and you kind of you know shake your head and go, how do people learn from you? There's a few. Okay, um, there's definitely a few, and and um, I think I've taken lessons from both of them. Yeah, I yeah. I think that. Um, uh, but but I think that there's there's a lot out there that are that are pretty decent and and I think that the ones who think they're great are the ones who um, are usually not as good. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find also one of the things that I think a lot of us amateur golfers have run into problematically is is the golf instructor who says, "Okay, this is the way you have to do it. This is Absolutely. the right way." Yeah, that's absolutely. I mean, and there's, you know, if you, if you look at um, all the different swings that are out there and how they can all get it done, then there is no exact right way to do it. Are there things that all those swings have in common that get the job done? Yeah. So that's a little bit more, I think, what, yeah. what the amateur has to look at is, um, you know, more about, not really a style, but um, what is it going to take to get the ball in the hole? Yeah. And, um, and what is it going to take to, uh, to make solid impact consistently? You also have to develop some sort of a, a I don't want to say a friendship, but you have to have some sort of a comfort level before you can deal with a, a teacher. And I'm, I'm sure it works teacher to student also. Um, it's, it's not really hard unless – <laughs> like I keep telling people, I, I'm not going to take a lesson until I get better. It's a lot like going to the gym. I'm not going to join a gym until I get in shape. You know, you, yeah, it kind of doesn't make any sense. It's like saying, you know, I'll be happy once I get to this. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and you have to be a little bit happy. You've got to find happiness in your misery somewhere <laughs> if you're going to be happy later on down the road. <laughs> um, because once you finally get there, you're going to go, this didn't make me happy. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, and it's um, – I think that communication, I think that what makes the best instructors is that they're good communicators. Yeah. And that they can, uh, they can make things that sound complicated simple. You know, I don't know if this came across when you had Jeff on your show, but the reason why we, we had him on one time and immediately said, hey, you got to come on with us all the time, buddy, is he, he can speak English and tell you what he wants. He doesn't, doesn't have to speak golfese. And he doesn't right, confuse exactly. people. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and that's and that's really important to to put it in layman's terms and and to not, um, you know, add all these crazy terms that only golf professionals understand. Yeah, yeah it's like, and some of them that's not even the case. Some of them don't even understand it because there's a couple of people out there too busy trying to coin a phrase <laughs> and and change the language. Yeah. As opposed to just using English, yeah, because apparently that's just a little too easy <laughs> for people. Apparently, they, they're trying to make themselves sound smarter by using language that nobody else can figure out, thinking <laughs> that they're trying to promote themselves. Yeah, to be, that'll that'll set them head and shoulders that. above the competition because obviously they know more because they say things. Either <clears throat> you guys and, and Bernie jump in first, and then and then Jeff. We we've kind of talked about this, but uh, like to discuss it again, but. Being teachers of repute, um, strong repute, let's say, um, do you guys ever watch 
pros on TV and go, oh, man, give me five minutes with that guy. I want to say that there's some that I, I feel that way about. Um, usually it's – and I know that this, um, this past weekend there were a few um, that I would have said, God, if I just had an yeah. hour with, those, with this guy on the putting green. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that things will be tremendously different. But when they're under that kind of pressure – um, that's usually the first thing to go. And and the rest of their game usually can hold together unless they're really succumbing under the pressure. Yeah. But I think that most of the pros that are out there, um, they know what they're doing or they wouldn't be out there. Yeah, that's, yeah. they're a tad better than the rest of us. That's, I mean, uh, they wouldn't be if they couldn't play, right? Exactly. And, 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 if they, and if they start to not be able to play, then they fall off the tour uh you know and and they're they're getting back in there through uh, sponsor exemptions and things of that nature but but i think that uh, a lot of us don't give those guys the credit that they really deserve i mean even if you're 125th on the money list yeah you're you're an incredible player I yeah mean, you really are yeah, i think their problem is they just make it look too easy well it's because they're so good at yeah it. exactly mean, it, it's 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 like uh you know it's like Pavarotti. <laughs> you know, when when he sings, uh, it makes it seem like it's simple, and anybody else tries it and forget it. You just can't do it. Right. Um, and it's it's a lot of these guys are very gifted and and they make it look easy. You know, I think that that's why there's so many people who want to play golf. Not a ton of people want to play golf, but there's a lot of people want to play golf, thinking like, how tough can it be? The ball's just sitting there. How hard can mm-hmm. it be to hit a ball that's just sitting there? It's mm-hmm. not even moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, that's why it's so hard. Yeah, and, yeah and, and at the same time, it's really so hard under the conditions that these guys play. You know, I, I see an awful lot of guys, just like you, Bernie, who are sit around and they're the armchair quarterback kind of guy, and they don't understand the situation and the, and the gravity of the, the value of that one shot. Uh, for example... Uh, just last weekend, there was a guy uh, finishing out at, uh, on the U.S. Open. And his last putt, the announcer said th- it was only like a six-footer to finish off. I think it, um, he was in one of the final groups. But the announcer said this putt's worth $5 million. Mm. Yeah. So he could finish tied for second or tied yeah. for third or something. Yeah. It was a $5 million putt. Yeah. But yeah. yet everybody else sees that as just an easy short footer, short six footer, you know, yeah. and like, wait right. a second. Yeah. I mean, it's like if they were in their group and, and somebody said to them, mm. okay, I bet you, I bet you 20, I bet you a, a glass of beer yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> after the round that yeah. you're going to miss this. And, uh, and if you miss it, you're buying me a glass of beer. They probably would miss it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that same exact putt. And that's not even close to the pressure. I mean, these people are out there thinking, you know, it's like you said, it's, uh, you know, you, another $5 million. It's insane. Uh, just, just knowing that if you miss, which I think is kind of an oxymoron, an easy six-footer, um, but you miss a putt like that, that the rest of the guys in your group are going to laugh at you, that puts enough pressure on you to make it you miss it. You don't even have to talk about money. Yeah, the average guy, it does. Yeah, yeah right. exactly, exactly. Yeah, they just don't want to be embarrassed. You right. know, they they don't want them to call, to leave it short and have them call him Betty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they, and they just don't 
the, the normal people, they just don't get the fact that 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 simple putt right there is only simple when no one else is around and you're practicing. Yeah. Yeah, and you've already and you already did it like three or four times. Yeah. Right. right. And so when you look at that, and it, it makes you pay attention very carefully to the value of the mental aspect of, of tournament golf. Yeah. That a lot of people who don't play tournament golf don't even fathom. It's never entered their mind right. that they that the mind is that big of a problem at yeah. that point. Yeah, because with, with most of us, we just tell our buddies, hey, I just sunk a six-foot putt. And they go, yeah, sure you did. I got a more, bunch more questions I want to uh, ask both Bernie and and, uh, and Jeff. You guys can uh, can take a few moments and, and wax PGA professional teacher stuff when we come right back. We are going to take a quick break. We are those weekend golf guys. I suggest you could probably learn something if you stick right where you're at. Play the courses the champions play. The Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses at French Lick Resort. The 2017 NCGOA National Course of the Year, our Pete Dye course hosts the first-ever Senior LPGA Championship presented by Old National Bank this July. French Lick's Donald Ross course is looking good as it turns 100 this summer and hosts the Donald Ross Centennial Classic Symmetra Tour event. Book your golf vacation now at FrenchLick.com. Jeff has returned from Hilton Head. Jeff has returned from learning a lot, teaching a lot, making a lot of videos, which, strangely enough, and by coincidence, you can find right now at $5GolfClub.com. Yeah, what kind of stuff you got, man? You know what? I did some fun stuff. Um, I did a couple of them. One of them was on choosing the right tee shot. You know, when you're standing up on a tee and you're not sure what to do because there's choices out there, you know, you got... You got trouble on one side. You got bunkers all over there. You got to figure out where the heck I got to hit it. The hole might be long, and you might think driver, and the hole might be short, and you might not think driver. Talked a little bit about that. I talked about uh, certainly how to hit a higher, softer bunker shot uh, out of fluffy sand. I talked a little bit about I did a whole video on uh, choosing the right club to come into a green with. So all right. just added a few. Tell you what, you want to be better, shoot lower scores tomorrow. Join $5 Golf Club today, Five, the number $5golfclub.com. Hey, it's Jeff Smith for those weekend golf guys. Talk to you a little bit about the Smart Ball Golf Low Point Trainer. I've had this thing now for a couple of months, and I'm telling you, this trainer has helped me help more students get the bottom of their swing arc out in front of the golf ball and hit better golf shots than almost anything I've ever used. What a fantastic thing. It's a great price. It's easy for every single player to use. Smart Ball Golf, Low Point Trainer. Go get one today. It's us again, those weekend golf guys. John Ashton here, Jeff Smith up there at the Golf Cave at Otter Creek. Bernard Sheridan from Florida with us on the line. Bernard Sheridan of the podcast uh, Breaking Par. If you ever want to... uh, Get an in-depth look into the mind of a PGA professional golf instructor. Listen to that podcast, man, because um, Bernie is a, a PGA instructor, and that's what he does on his shows. He uh, interviews other of the the more uh, memorable, uh, or maybe notorious would be a better word. Uh, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff There's has, plenty of them that are notorious, I'll yeah, say that. Oh, I know, that's right, and proud of it, too, I might add. Uh, Jeff was one of uh, Bernard's guests on uh, a show uh, about, about a month ago, wasn't it? Bernie had him on somewhere yeah. around there. But, about yep. that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, that he he insists on quality. 
in the people that he talks to. One of the questions I want to ask both of you is I was just blown away by this uh, this kid. I believe he's from Texas A&M that played in the U.S. Open, the amateur, with a, oh, yeah. with a 198-mile-an-hour ball speed off the face of his club. That's nuts, isn't it? Can that be taught, or is that something that you just have to be born with? You know, there's a couple things. Techniques can be taught. Power can be built. But when phenomenal athletes come to golf to begin with, there's better, oh, let's say raw materials to work with if you're the, either the instructor or the physical trainer. And the golfer themselves is the, the number one key in, in all of that. Mm-hmm. And Because it isn't just that everybody can do stuff like that because that's just freak of nature kind of stuff right yeah. there. Yeah, that's, that's – It's crazy time. That's more physical than it is technique, isn't it? His technique's pretty good. Got to tell you. Yeah, but someone could have a good technique and, and not match him physically and still not be able to accomplish that. No question about it. Take a look at, at guys who are successful on tour. You know, Zach Johnson always comes to mind. He's not the longest guy in the world. Technique is fantastic. He's won a couple of majors now. You can't say that that guy's not one of the greatest players ever because he is. Yeah, but he's, but when, but he's not going about... to win any long drive competitions on the PGA Tour. Right, yeah. and that's, that's, as you know, Bernie, as you know, we've talked about this before. That's what it's coming to. It's it's the it's a power game. And well, the, when when you make the crazy. event seventy seven hundred yards, um, it it better because if you can't hit it three hundred, forget it. That you know the the six hundred and sixty seven yard par five that uh, Justin Thomas wails away at and makes a three on. Yeah, puts it eight feet you from know. the pin after a three hundred and three yard three wood. Or was it a yeah. five wood? I'm I don't not know. sure. <laughs> Whatever it was, it was long, oh. and I don't have that club. I don't either. Or that swing. Or that age anymore. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, here, here's the thing. You know, I, I hear all these guys talking about it's the ball, it's the ball, it's the ball. No, it's not, because I can actually play the same ball as Rory McIlroy plays, and mine doesn't go anywhere near as far. <laughs> I want his golf balls. If that's all it is, I want his. I will go to his bag, and I will steal them right out of his bag. If that's what it really is. But on the but other side all, of that coin, though, if, it's not. if he was using the same balls that, let's say, bring him up because I thought he was kind of classless in his reaction, but the same ball that Johnny Miller was using back in 74, could he hit it that far, do you think? I'd say no. Okay. Um, we, we have to consider all the, the conditions that go on there. First, you look at the, the golf course itself and the landing areas and how they mow it and all those things versus what they used to be. You look at the golf ball, you look at the driver, you look at elevation of the tee boxes, and you know when you're trying to compare one thing to another, they're not really comparable. Mm-hmm. But you have to look at every factor. And I think the single greatest factor in all of those things, the technique is something, the physical training is something, but the athlete themselves, they are the number one reason that the golf ball is going that far, not the golf ball itself, not just because mm-hmm. of one particular club. Right, yeah. Yeah. But when you add all those factors together, it's really long. But people are always trying to single out one of them. And I don't think you can, but I think that the biggest one is actually the physical body, the athlete themselves. Yeah, there aren't a whole lot of Craig Stadlers left on the PGA Tour. I mean, it's yeah. they can't compete at that level. I mean, you got that you got 50, 60 guys out there who are carrying it 300 yards on average. Yeah. So it's uh, you know, and, and they're a whole different animal. They train differently. They're they have to, you know, the the equipment is is definitely different than it was back then. They're just there's just so much better physical shape conditioning, and they work on building speed. Whereas back then, you know, those guys, they trained, but how many of them trained like they do to 
day. I mean, Gary Player probably did. Yeah. He's probably one of the very few. The rest of them were like Walter Hagen. They hit they hit the 19th hole. Yeah, that's right. And stayed there until their tea time tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Bernie, do you get as frustrated uh, as as we do when when you come across amateurs especially who say, you know, I could I could do this better if I just had a a better club. It doesn't frustrate me as much as I try to say to them, you know, a better club is not going to it's not going to let you hit it any farther if you don't hit it on the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. If you don't hit it more consistently, then you're not going to hit it farther. I think what is a little frustrating to me is when they try to hit it harder and they think it's going to go farther. Yeah. And what they don't realize is if they hit it more precisely, they're actually going to gain club head speed by slowing down a little bit and not swinging out of their shoes because they're going to have a lot more control. And a lot less aches and pains at the end of eight. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Just watching people do that and then listening to the groans. Slow down, man. You're going to kill yourself. But, you know, that's part of some of the things that are going on in this game. They're training like major athletes in other major sports. They are doing things to produce that much speed and that much power. Yeah. They've found how to be explosive. It takes a toll on their bodies. Bernie, we've, we've been in conversations with other golf professionals about Rory and his workout routine because, you know, that gets brought to light. You know, the, there's a lot of people saying, hey, uh, you know, he's working out uh, and that's what's causing the damage to his body. And the reality is, is that his working out is the thing that's protecting his body from the damage that he is trying to, he's trying to produce so much speed and power to hit the ball far so that he can win that he has to do something to, A, build up his body so that he can produce that, but at the same time, build up the protection for his body from the effects on his body to do that. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. No, that's true. I mean, it's, uh, you know, they're, they, have to, they have to do all these things to actually prevent injury because of what they're doing out there. They're, they're just swinging out of their shoes most of the time, and, but they're so good at what they do that they can, they can do that consistently. But it's definitely going to wreak havoc if they didn't do all these things physically uh, to train to protect those parts of their body. Jeff and I had a conversation about a week ago, too, about unrealistic expectations of amateur golfers. We may play touch football, but we would never put ourselves through the workout routine that an NFL player has to go through. And we may play softball on the weekends, but we couldn't we couldn't survive uh, a major league baseball training. But with golf, we just, for some reason, we just kind of look at it and go, oh, yeah, we could do that. Totally unrealistic. The- well, I think a lot of them think that golf is not as physical of a sport yeah. as baseball or because they're not running and they're not right. sliding or they're not or like football and they're not tackling or they're not but but golf puts tremendous stress on your body mm-hmm. and if you don't do things to protect it you're going to get injured and they don't have to really um train as hard as a pga pro does but it's imperative that they do things to protect their body and warm up and stretch and things like that which i see so many players not doing they you know they'll go and hit wedges to try to warm up that's the worst thing you can do (laughs) what's the the best thing to do stretch out i mean you know get into a good stretching routine Uh, a, a great thing to do is yoga I mean, if you can do yoga on a regular basis, um, it's, it's going to really elongate the muscles, stretch them out, and keep them supple, and give your joints a lot more mobility. Just before they go out to play, spend five, ten minutes to stretch and warm up those muscles and get some blood flowing in there. Yeah. 
I mean, think about those baseball players. And if you go to a game, uh, you see them running up and down the field, and they're throwing, you know, and they're yeah. they're doing and they're stretching, and they're and they're laying on the ground, and they're d- twisting and doing all kinds of stuff before they start to play. And and they're doing that for probably 20, 25 minutes. Those are things that professional athletes do. So many amateur players, they don't even give themselves enough time to uh, get to the tee. Get the they six. pay for their round, and then they walk right to the right to the first tee. Yeah. Well, they got to stop and get the six-pack before they do that. they got enough time for that. Or in that, too. Yeah. Bernie, shameless self-promotion portion, man, because our time's running out. But how do people uh, hear your podcast, uh, and if they're in the neighborhood, how do they come do some yoga and take a lesson with you. So a lot of ways to hear the podcast. You can go on iTunes or Google Play and just look for Breaking Par with Bernard Sheridan, and you will find the podcast there. You can subscribe that way. You can go onto my website, www.breakingparpodcast.com, and there's a ton of stuff up there, not just the podcast, but there's also um, information about lessons, and there's video tips and things like that. Uh, if you uh, want to work with me, you can come down to Naples, and I am at Tiburon Golf Club with Impact Zone Golf, and you can go to www.impactzonegolf.com or give us a call at 239-236-5536 and ask for me, Bernard Sheridan, and uh, I'll be happy to work with you and, and help you improve your impact. All right, Bernard, I appreciate you hanging out with us. And we appreciate you hanging out with us, too. Remember, you can catch us, thoseweekendgolfguys.com, facebook.com slash golfguys. Go there and like the page, please, because we need the adulation. Uh, follow us on Twitter. It is at WKND Golf Guys. And, of course, anytime you miss one of our shows, you can always catch up with everything we archive it at audioboom.com. So I uh, got some advice for you. You know, stretch a little bit, and then, hey, go play some golf. I am not bragging when I tell you my iron play has improved substantially because I'm going to give total credit to Jeff Smith and the Smart Ball Golf Low Point Swing Trainer. That thing's awesome. When you hit the ball the right way at the right time, you get the right result. Great feedback with the trainer, too. I'm telling you, I use this Smart Ball Golf Low Point Swing Trainer with so many people now. It gives them the visual and the feedback of what they need to do and where their club needs to land, it amazes me at how quickly people get better with their iron play. Because once you get that feedback, you get the feel. And you don't need that feedback directly once you have the feel to do it right on the course. And what happens is you're going to get more greens, closer to the pin, lower scores, and when you do it right, you don't need forgiving clubs. No, you can hit blades. Smart Ball Golf, low point swing trainer, smartballgolf.com. Go now, smartballgolf.com. Jeff has returned from Hilton Head. Jeff has returned from learning a lot, teaching a lot, making a lot of videos, which strangely enough and by coincidence, you can find right now at $5golfclub.com. Yeah, what kind of stuff you got, man? You know what? I did some fun stuff. Um, I did a couple of them. One of them was on choosing the right tee shot. You know, when you're standing up on a tee and you're not sure what to do because there's choices out there, you know, you got, you got trouble on one side, you got bunkers all over there, you got to figure out where the heck I got to hit it. The hole might be long and you might think driver and the hole might be short and you might not think driver. Talked a little bit about that. I talked about uh, certainly how to hit a higher, softer bunker shot uh, out of fluffy sand. I talked a little bit about, I did a whole video on uh, choosing the right club to come into a green with so all right just added a few 
tell you what, you want to be better, shoot lower scores tomorrow. Join $5 Golf Club today. Five, the number $5golfclub.com.